Down at 10. Pick it back. Here comes the rush. They've got him sack number one. Hassan Reddick for five and a half of the season. Wow. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Canton Bound, episode 10. Hope you enjoyed last episode. It got a little bit spicy there with the uh, the C2C fellas, Matt Bruning, Felix Sharp. But it's just me and Adam this week. You don't have to worry about catching strays. Uh, I think Man. everybody's safe. <laughs> Mike, I, I brought my gloves and all my gear today. I was ready for blows, and uh, the, I guess they're not here, so it's a safe place again. We're good. We're good. <sighs> hey, that was actually a lot of fun, bro. Uh, appreciate those dudes hopping on. It was Their, their dynamic is uh, is special. I love it. Uh, it's, it's so fantastic. Adam, uh, this week's episode, back to a little dynasty strategy, and I think it's kind of important because uh, we just saw yesterday kind of a seismic shift that's going to happen in dynasty leagues, especially yeah. for contenders, with uh, one Kirk Cousins going down. Man, you hate not to a see lot it, of, bro. Uh, not a lot of rebuilding teams out there rostering Kirk Cousins, but for your uh, contending teams, he was he's perfect, right? He's yep. putting up QB1-type numbers. And uh, you're probably sliding him in at your super flex spot or QB2 slot. So to see him go down for the rest of the year, this is what's uh, going to bring us to this topic in about uh, dynasty leverage and liquidity and why both of these are going to be extremely important. You know, it, I think, too, um, you know, my God, it, it's a good conversation to have um, a little preface to that part, right? There's other players in the space that, I think are very much alike that. So if, if you're rostering, let's say, on a contending squad, right? Russell Wilson, he kind of fits this build of a yeah. win-now guy. But you know, like, if you don't, if you're seeing what's happening with Kirk Cousins, what's going to happen to his value and how he becomes valued is exactly what would happen to Kirk Cousins. Or what would happen if you had Russell Wilson get hurt, right? When Aaron Rodgers, uh, to a higher degree, right, earlier in the year. See... Those are the type of guys you want to have on your contending teams because they don't cost the arm and the leg that the younger, sexy guys do. However, you need to understand, I think, th there's not necessarily a lot you can do to pre-plan for it. However, if you just can conceptualize what would happen if there was an injury to them and that asset goes to zero, and then what, what type of moves you could make um, in the future and why it is so important to have you know, the <laughs> dynasty leverage and the draft pick liquidity, man. His uh, Kirk Cousins dynasty value on keep trade cut. I mean, we're only a day removed at him. You know, we're 24 hours or so removed from it, and a seismic shift already, which is kind of crazy to think, right? He's down to QB 30 already well, after Mac Jones, just ahead of Jimmy G. Which Mike, I think, think that might change too, right? <laughs> for sure. Well, think about it this way: before, um, you know, right, right when Justin Jefferson got hurt. There was a lot of noise that, you know, Kirk Cousins is trash. We want him out of this team. We want 
uh, to move on from him. I think right. people before he even got hurt were ready to move on from Kirk Cousins. So now that he's hurt, you think they're going to mess around and wait for him? No, no, no. What's interesting to me, though, is, is I'm, I'm wondering if he has a, a fall farther than Aaron Rodgers, which would be the interesting point to me. We know Aaron Rodgers is very good. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's also a 40-year-old Hall of Famer who just tore his Achilles and no matter really what you think about him, if we get him back this season, it's not going to be until you know the NFL playoffs when we're long done playing Fantasy fantasy football. So it doesn't matter to us. Then, then the question really comes into: Is he coming back next year? Like the Jets go on and have a little playoff success? Does he have the edge? Is he going to be like this Tom Brady mold where we're still talking about him playing at forty-five? You can do this whole hypothetical, but there's also a very realistic scenario where he just goes, "I'm done. Like I'm good." This this was it. One last rodeo. I, I proved what I needed to. I'm I'm good. I'm out of here. My body just ain't ready for this. I want to do other things, which would be uh, completely, uh, you know, well within his rights. I think the one thing that differentiates Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers for me is going to be the five year age gap, right? Like I don't think Kirk Cousins is done playing football. I don't think Kirk Cousins is done being a starting quarterback in the league. So if you had to ask me right now, Mike, who would you rather have on your dynasty team? It's going to be Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I'm going to get to experience, or there's at least a more realistic possibility I'm not going to be able to experience uh, Aaron Rodgers really doing anything for my fantasy team next year. Right. Kurt Cousins, on the other hand, very well could be a starter somewhere. Right. We see how the the QB market is. I mean, hell, your your Cleveland Browns are trotting out P.J. Walker. (laughs) We're seeing Gardner Minshew start, right? Uh, Brock Purdy's been looking terrible and possibly – permanently concussed i guess at this point maybe we'll see some sam darnold uh yeah it's rough i mean <clears throat> zach wilson's leading the jets uh yeah. danny devito i know it's actually tommy devito but i just like saying danny, danny devito, DeVito sounds so much better it just sounds like he's, the browns, he's out there throwing for negative passing yards <laughs> the browns guaranteed a guy a full contract and mike goes the same old song and dance we're on our third quarterback for the year already you know and, <sighs> week eight it's just what the browns do but the point to you're making you're is cursed man i, there's I swear so, you guys are cursed it is i'm i don't disagree um if you see a promising career like watson's turning into a guy that you don't even know if he's gonna play and when he plays he stinks it's just right. it's hard to explain however what your point you're making here with the quarterback situation the landscape is just always going to be dire enough for quarterbacks and a guy like kirk cousins is just i mean he's obviously not the uh most beloved because he hasn't won a bunch of playoff games. To your point, I, I don't know that he's going to uh, be a locked in Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers. He's uh, not to that level. However, there's a lot more youth, believe it or not, than there is with Aaron Rodgers. There's, I think there's more years to be had. He's not done playing football. And even if you tell me it's not the greatest situation where he has Justin Jefferson and he has, you know, a uh, young budding star and, and Jordan Addison, he's going to play somewhere. And I think right. he's good enough, and he's shown us over these years. I mean, going back to his days in Washington, like he's a locked-in quarterback too, already just playing. And there's been a little bit of upside. There's maybe not high-end upside, but right. there's back-end quarterback one upside. And it's not like the uh, the Achilles injury is going to sap him of all that mobility that he <laughs> he had, right? Now, he, now he didn't have much to because be he was so good at escaping pressure. Now <laughs> we're. Now we're really worried about that. Now we're, we're highly concerned. How about this? Let me just ask you a quick reaction then for Kirk Cousins. If you had him on a contender and you were going to make another quarterback pivot, like what is the range ideally that you would try to get? Like what, what does that look like for you? Because he's already fallen behind Mac Jones, and you know how much like people hate Mac Jones. <laughs> Mike, I, I'll tell you the truth, man. See, 
one of the harder parts about this, and I say why I say having it in the back of your mind, what would happen to me if or my team if I had? It's funny. I literally just pulled up keep, keep trade cut, Mike. I, oh, this is crazy. You ready for this? Your thoughts. Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, Julian McLaughlin. Keep trade cut. Oh, Mac for me, Kirk, and then McLaughlin. Easy, okay. e- easy done, right? Uh, I'm with you. Now, the reason I bring that one up is because we talked about this actually on uh, our Sunday recap show we do. <clears throat> I think for me, the floor pivot, like if you told me, if I'm going to trade out of my Kirk Cousins, now obviously I don't want to, I don't, do not want to roster zeros for the rest of the season on a contender. But once I get out of Mac Jones, Mike, like once I go past Mac Jones, am I even getting more than a zero? Like I don't, like I actually don't know that I'd be better off trading away Kirk Cousins for whatever that asset is for my team. Most of those players, Mike, everyone listening, think about this. They're not guaranteed to keep a job the rest of the season. Yeah. Like that, sure. that's the other problem is like, I know Kirk Cousins will come back and play football. I don't even know that these guys that I'm trading away for this season finish this season as a starter. Like that's the range that you're going to get back for Kirk Cousins. So I would say, Mike, almost universally, 98% of the time or more, I'm going to tell you, listen, man, you can't afford to roster this zero. This, depending on where the floor is, this might be one where you have to. So Matt Stafford's another one. We were hearing rumblings he might go on IR with his, <clears throat> uh, with his thumb injury. So that one's going to kill Cooper Cup and Puka's value, too. That one's out the window. How about this, though? Because um, there's not a lot of, right now, there's not a lot of quarterbacks below, at least community sentiment, right? It's Jimmy G, it's Gardner Minshew, and it's Zach Wilson, like the only guys with uh, solidified jobs at this point, right? You know, mm-hmm. if Jimmy's healthy, he's a starter in Vegas. Uh, now you question how good he actually is, but that's fair to say. Zach Wilson, kind of same thing. You know, for now, he is the starter in New York, and they're not making moves to bring somebody else in. It's we're going to either make the playoffs with Zach Wilson or we're not. <laughs> this, this is the way we're going to go. And uh, Gardner, without uh, A. Rich, you know he's going to be the guy in Indianapolis for the rest of the season. None of those really seem appealing to me. I'm kind of with you. Like, if i got to trade my Kirk Cousins even on a contender for one of those, I better be getting back a a decent enough piece. Like, I'm not just taking any RB on a 53, right, in a lineup league. I'm, I'm McLaughlin, for, who just yeah, came across my screen. Yeah, that's a pass, man. I'm looking for an actual decent enough player back. Like, if I could get a, I don't know, Adam Thielen's probably too rich as, like, a contender piece, but I'm going to need for something sure. that I could start, right? Maybe that, maybe that's an A-Warp-type tight end, right? Maybe that's a, maybe that's a Cole Komet-type deal. Maybe that's a... Taysom Hill's actually been decent enough if you can slot him in at your tight end position. Maybe it's something like that. But I'm getting real crusty. Like, those days are long gone. I think of much what I'd rather do, and this is where liquidity comes into place, and having value laying around. So actually having something. It doesn't always have to be draft picks, but draft picks are the easiest thing. Like, there's some contenders out there where I have liquidity at them, but it's in the form of players. It's in the form of Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, right? Really, as long as he doesn't have something catastrophic to him, he's kind of a liquid piece because almost everybody's universally interested in him, give or take at one at one point, right? They're sure. they're interested in him because it's dynasty, man. We're playing. He's going to be a receiver. That's really good for the next five years. That's how people think. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a liquid asset. Now, Adam Thielen, on the other hand, even though he's putting up a lot of fantasy points, definitely does not fall into the liquidity category because he only appeals to a certain amount of people. 
Right. It's going to be those contenders. Yep. He doesn't appeal to the guy who's rebuilding. He shouldn't appeal to the guy who's rebuilding. Yep. No. <laughs> kind of like Kirk Cousins shouldn't have appealed to the guy who's rebuilding. But if I had some liquidity in the form of draft picks laying around, hopefully some extra seconds or thirds, like what would you attach to a Kirk Cousins to move up to a Derek Carr or a Geno Smith in your opinion? Right? <laughs> would you would you put a second on top of Kirk Cousins? Yes. Now, if you were on a team that's not contending, you have a Geno Smith, a Derek Carr, is it in your best interest as the rebuilder, right, flip yourself to the other side, to take the Kirk Cousins in the second for your Geno Smith or your Derek Carr? Yes. I think that's one of those weird ones where it's a win-win for each, right? Adam, if I'm a rebuilder, people look at Kirk Cousins and go, oh, he's 35, 36, right? Why do I want that old quarterback? He's not even playing this year. He's perfect for my rebuild, Adam. <clears throat> He's perfect because right now in 2023, he is not going to affect my points at all. He is not going to determine whether or not my draft pick is any better or not. What is going to determine it is if I move a guy like Geno Smith, Derek Carr, right? Like if Matt Stafford was healthy miraculously and he's going to play the rest of the year, a guy like that, I move those points, those potential wins off my team, get another quarterback who could have very similar or the same or slightly better value at this point next year and get an extra draft pick. Now, why do I want all these extra draft picks? Well, if I'd like to make moves in the rookie draft, they're there. But what if my sp I'm in that position? <laughs> I'm in this Kirk Cousin position next year. I hope I have extra draft picks laying around for this exact thing. So the liquidity in this Kirk Cousin situation is so damn important because, Adam, if you have none of it, if if you don't have any liquidity, no real ability to attach a second or a couple thirds, or you know maybe include a JSN for like a wide receiver swap for another productive guy, include Kirk, get a Geno Smith, you know Russ or one of these kind of guys back. Adam, you're left to uh, well, keep trade cut says I can maybe get Jimmy G. <laughs> keep trade cut says, you know I might be able to get a Zach Wilson and you know a dart throw. <laughs> yep. Maybe if yep. I'm lucky. That's where the leverage part then comes in, because if you're one of those guys who's taken on a Kirk Cousins and they want your Zach Wilson, yes. Could you just hit the accept button and move on with your life? Yeah. But you also understand you're the dude who's got the leverage of the situation. You have a quarterback need. I just happen to have an extra quarterback. Now you're into the QB horde territory, even as with these uh, gross-ass gross, gross -ass quarterbacks that nobody likes. So yeah, liquidity and leverage, they go hand-in-hand. And I think this is a very, very good example of why it's so important. Yeah. I think, too, um, you know, probably the the other thing to think about if you are on if you were on the rebuilder side of this equation, especially if you can tell yourself, like, if you there, – there's, I think, levels to rebuilding. Let me, let me try to start from the beginning. I think there's levels to rebuilding, right? You, you can say to yourself, okay – I'm looking at my team. When is my realistic next window to compete? And I think more so nowadays, Mike, I, I prefer to not go full dumpster rebuild unless I absolutely have to. When I say full dumpster rebuild, I'm talking, man, I don't even know if I'm ready to compete in two years. Like I, I have a lot of cleanup to do here. Right. And if you're not in that mode, if you're in a I'm going to compete next year, I think I'm ready to compete either next year or definitely two years from now. Kirk Cousins is exactly what you could be adding to a team like that. Like, Kirk Cousins can give you a year next year, you know, where it's 
quarterback two on your team? Absolutely. So if you're not, you know, completely dumpster diving, you're, you're like, ah, I'm not even ready to compete next year. Kirk Cousins is actually a good piece to consider buying. Um, I should say acquiring it, but while adding pluses to you in the form of liquidity in some degree. The, the other thing to keep in mind too is um, Kirk Cousins right now, part of the reason that that works is because man, he look at keep trade cut. His, his value is not even done falling. So you can really acquire him cheap. And I would say the one position that I will attain these older assets is at quarterback. I will not do this for running backs. I will not do this for tight ends for sure. Really? Uh, unless you're talking an elite one, um, something happened to Andrew, something happened to Kelsey or something and receivers, old receivers. Like I'm probably not going to do it for them either, especially when it's an injury driven something. So, um, I, I like that point, And I think it's a, uh, rare exception and a very good, very good thought out one. Even if it's a, what's with Kirk cousins, for example, Adam, even if you're, not competing right because i have some of those dumpster nuclear rebuilds where i'm like if everything goes right for me 2025 yeah i can probably turn this around by 2025 2024 is going to be out of the question my team's still really young i'm going to be relying on draft picks like this isn't this isn't happening i I still don't have enough assets where i feel like i can make a push so it's 2025 you may ask yourself then why would i want a a kirk cousins on a team that ain't gonna be ready till 2025 like like it's it's why would i want this it's a flip it's gonna be for the flip right here here's a good example and it's not it's not identical identical because this guy isn't the same age and he definitely didn't just tear his achilles but think about baker mayfield i mean i'm sorry i gotta do this to you because you're a browns fan you probably thought enough about baker mayfield over the years but (laughs) adam at one point last year September, right? Still playing for the Browns. Still, we, we saw him struggle. It wasn't the greatest, but Keep Trade Cut had him at QB 25, mm-hmm. right? QB 25, QB 26. What happens after he gets let go, right? And they just go, okay, we're done. <laughs> like, here you go. We're just going to get rid of you. It's over. Dynasty value went shit. We, we don't want you anymore. <laughs> get off our team. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett. We're done with you. Yep. Oh, so, man, I almost forget too. He was on the Panthers. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, la- la- last year he wasn't a Brown. He was on. Uh, he, he was in. Uh, well, we actually beat them week one too, right. and then we had a, a kicker who we cut make a long fifty-yard so, so field goal is, to win the game. This is even worse, right? So, September of twenty-six, he's QB fifteen, right? September of 2021, he's QB 15. Okay, I was okay. Wow, with yep. the Browns, yeah, right. That's right. The Deshaun Watson stuff happens. He gets let go. Already gets traded to the Panthers. Right. I don't even remember what the hell they got, but it wasn't when anything. Bag special. of donuts. Yeah, bag of donuts. He falls to QB 32. We find out he's a starting quarterback for the Panthers, beating out Sammy Darnold, who who was injured at the time, right? Yeah. Like it's Eat gonna up. be. Yep. It's gonna be the Baker show. He climbs up in dynasty value to QB 26. Now, after the Panthers thing goes tits up, <laughs> it's over. Mm-hmm. We don't like him. Let's look at uh, let's look at November. November, Adam, from September to November, where we're at right now. Right, we're almost in November. The beginning of November, QB 45 on the on the free agent market. Nobody wants this dude. Ends up going to the Rams. 
ends up going to the Rams and revitalizing his career, right? He climbs up a little bit to QB 32. Rams don't retain him. Matt Stafford's going to be back. Signs with the Buccaneers. Maybe he's competing with Kyle Trask. And here we are, voila, back to QB 25. So think of these dips, right? At one point, he's down to QB 45, which is realistically like a trajectory that maybe Kirk Cousins might actually hit. Like, might actually. Because he's right. old and people think he may be done. Adam, I'm telling you right now, like QB 42 to 48, like that range where Baker was at one point, these are the grossest of the grosses. And let me tell you, if you'd pay anything for him on a lineup league, and I know for a fact you would pay nothing for him on a best ball league because right. these are zeros. Taylor Heineke. If Desmond Ritter's still the starter, like Arthur Smith says, do you want Taylor Heineke in a lineup league? No. Like, what would you pay for him if you had to? A fourth, maybe? No. No. Okay. Best ball. <clears throat> I mean, maybe a fourth. I'm. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not. I, I'm not going to be acquiring that quarterback right. ever. You know. Bailey Zappi. Can I interest? Gosh, in no. Okay. I auto drafted him in one league, Mike, and I was so upset about it because I like did not want him at all. Malik Cunningham. Who? No, I'm good. <laughs> Tyler Huntley. I mean, no. He had the one. You know meaningful playoff run there when Lamar didn't play but right overall like no like these guys right here are where <clears throat> Baker Mayfield was at at one point right mm-hmm. where he was at in one point and then you rebounded a little bit and he's been playing decently well and now he's a starting quarterback with a job right and, and in super flex leagues that means everything just being a starting quarterback with a job now at QB 25, I mean, he's hovering right around Stafford, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. And, Adam, we were just talking about those kind of guys as dudes that you wanted to pivot to from a Kirk Cousins <laughs> right to one of these and maybe adding a little bit extra. So even if I'm on a rebuilder that isn't ready for 2025, Kirk Cousins comes back in 2024 starting for a team and playing football. He could be right back here to QB 25, 26 at worst. That, that's even if he's just playing okay. Like if yeah. he's healthy and he has a job and it's like it, a relatively sure thing, it's going to be his job for the rest of the year. I just went from a guy that could be a fourth-round pick, <laughs> like a fourth-round rookie pick, to a, a guy that now I might be able to flip for a second or a second plus. Or yeah. I don't think you're getting a first, but no. talk about a value gain. So that's kind of why on a rebuilder you kind of want to take this kind of stuff. One of these guys right now is worth about the same thing as what Kirk Cousins could be next year at the same time, and you pocket an extra pick. Like we're talking about tossing a second yeah, onto the, it. Yeah, the, right? the, add, the additional second is definitely the uh, the big benefactor. Now, the one difference, though, is that – see, I think – I agree, by the way. Like I'm, I'm pro taking the second and the quarterback of Kirk Cousins here. The tiebreaker, what p- people may be hesitant on would be um, – you know, if you're trading out of, I think the examples were what Gino you said, Mike, and who was uh, Carr? Carr, right? yeah. <clears throat> like those guys p- particularly fit it all right, in my opinion, because they're not guaranteed to be starters next year. Um, but there are there are some players out there, managers out there, I should say that that think I have a secure quarterback in Superflex, and there are some people, Mike, that just don't want to deal with the uncertainty. Where does Kirk Cousins play? Is he? Some markets, Mike. I think in most leagues, I know. In most leagues, I'm gonna be able to flip Kirk Cousins. I may have to try a little harder. It may not be the easiest thing to do because mm-hmm. people don't want to buy those types. I'm I'm in a handful of leagues too where I'm like, man, 
people won't even buy Gino. People won't even buy Derek Carr. People won't even buy these type of assets. Those are little little tiebreakers to think about, I guess. But I'm with you overall, by and large, especially because think about the second that you're adding on, right? So you're already getting an additional second, and that kind of, in my opinion, Mike, is the insurance, the the plus that you're getting to take care of the what ifs when Kirk Cousins come back, right? Because that that you still have to flip and work on, but that's why you also got the second right now, right? You, you got you got that to try to hemorrhage some of that that value loss but you still although it's not a lottery ticket that can go hit the uh, mega millions right it's a it's a lottery ticket that to your point can still go up to a second round pick it can be something that goes from twenty dollars in value to 200 250 300 right like you can actually multiply that value very much and on a rebuilder ultimately that's the name of the game taking the piece that you have whatever it is and finding ways to multiply the value to make it go up when it goes up a certain amount, flip out of it to get more secure and safe. So um, to, to make a move like that, like I, there's moves like that you have to think about with Kirk Cousins. Um, Mike, I'd be curious your thoughts if Matthew Stafford ended up missing the season, if it would change for a guy like him now. But I think working in these ranges, they're not going to feel the greatest. But a lot of times you got to get into the muck on rebuilders to really come out ahead. I think I'd put Matthew Stafford in the same bucket I put Kirk Cousins is right now. Like if he was done for the rest of the season, is there a chance we never see Stafford ever play again? I would say at least for Stafford, probably for me, there's a little bit more yes because he's had those agree. neck injuries. Like yeah, they're the a back, little bit. Yep. You're right. They're a little bit more concerning than you know for being career ending than uh, the Achilles was for Kirk. He, he's never really had those neck or back problems, even though that guy has taken a pounding over the years at times. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'd have a little bit more concern, but I'd still kind of put him in the same bucket, right? Or <laughs> the same tier as asset where I'd go, yeah, I'd probably still buy some Matt Stafford. And I'm the with more you. and more, the more and more I thought about it with Aaron Rodgers, like I was more comfortable to buy Aaron Rodgers as the time went on where I, I was just outright like anything you can get for this guy, just sell him. But even him being five years older, it's like, I can see a scenario where maybe he plays one more year at least, right? And then maybe I might get a second out of this guy at some point. So if I'm buying for a third now, why not? And if I miss out or I'm wrong, who cares? Who cares? I'm going to spend a third on a lot stupider stuff, right? Yeah, and ideally, it's, I got, it's fun I got coupons, right? Yeah, ideally, I got a number of them, right? I got the liquidity. I have extra built up, right? If I'm... If I'm doing a deal now, I'm always trying to think about, uh, you talked about thinking about rebuilds two years out or three years out. As of right now, like people throw 25 thirds in. Just, here you go. Take one. Have yep. it. Well, Is this the thing that's holding up the deal? By all means, take my 25 third. Yes, Perfect. and I think, I think that goes to the spot of, well, real quickly, I wanted to touch on the Stafford thing. I think I agree with you in that. I would be willing to take the same risk on with Stafford. However, I would make you pay a little extra to do so for Stafford because I think there's a scenario where Stafford either doesn't come back to the right situation or doesn't come back and play. To your point on Rodgers, um, shoot, I've been calling for three years. This dude ain't quitting. Everybody telling me Aaron Rodgers is retiring. I tried this, to tell you two years ago when we first started. Like, yeah, when we first met. I'm, I'm like, an ass now. <laughs> Hey, Mike's telling you spend a third on him because he's gonna play next year. Um, <laughs> but you'd much rather have Matt Ryan. He's gonna play just as long. See, but uh, 
Aaron Rodgers cannot stay out of the limelight. I, if he has a chance, like as, as soon as he was able to be on the sideline, he wanted you to see him out there. You know, like it's just look at me throwing. I'm telling you, go. Aaron Rodgers is not quitting yet. Um, he will quit one day, but not yet. Uh, so anyway, to that point, I think this is a good t- good pivot point though to switching to what you were talking about with dynasty leverage. Now, okay, so understand timing in dynasty is everything, and you know, you get a lot of um, comments and, you know, stuff on, what do you, I don't know, X. I feel I hate calling it X, you know, but. I, I'm coming around. All right, coming around. all right. Well, I'm not there yet, but maybe one day. Um, but in X, you get these comments. You said this, you said that. Okay, You're if you want to go back to my words in June. Listen, in June, we didn't know who was going to be the best contending pieces. I didn't know in June that Adam Thielen was going to be as good as he is. Yeah. I I didn't know. I don't have a crystal ball. So, but what I can tell you is now that, you know, how the turntables have turned, (laughs) you know, I can tell you right now that the edge if as a rebuilder is today because we have, you don't care. You have next year to worry about this year. You don't care. People that are going to have these type of injuries, they do care. They absolutely care right now. And the reason is, man, my team with Kirk Cousins was in the mix to win this whole damn championship, man. I was I was talking about winning six hundred bucks this year, a thousand whatever the payout is. That Kirk Cousins goes poof. This Matt Stafford goes poof. There might be teams out there that had Kirk Cousins as quarterback two and Matt Stafford as the insurance piece quarterback three. I actually don't have that scenario, but I have I have Matt Stafford as quarterback three on plenty of teams. I believe it. I got a I got a team uh, in best ball that's Russ and Matt Stafford. So uh, you know how that's going to go for me right now. <laughs> Guess what? Uncle Mike is coming shopping, buddy. He got to find one. I do. I do. And the thing is, when you are in this position, just understand you don't actually have this much time. Uh, relative to the entire dynasty cycle, like you do right now. Like the time is now to execute these deals. One, there are 11 other teams besides yourself. So if you take this Matt Stafford, now we're talking 10 teams, right? Because that team has a void to fill. You're one of the other teams in a 12-team league. There's 10 other teams out there that might be willing to fill the need if you don't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to keep that in mind. But then also say, I'm in a unique position that some of my other teams are not in this league, that I don't have to have something that back to win right now. Because of that position that you find yourself in for these next six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is that you, before your deadline hits, or if you don't have a deadline, that's the time. This is the time to go ahead and say, you know what? He's really willing to pay. Maybe I can sneak in an extra second. I can sneak in an extra third. Maybe I can sneak in this junk piece for his team because he's trying to contend, but... For me, to your point, it's not JSN, but let's say it's a Marvin Mims. Some of these wide receiver throw-ins, right? Some of these guys that have a little bit of liquidity, right? You've got to add these type of things in when you can get this. This is when the juice is worth the squeeze for these contenders. Squeeze them. I think think that sometimes is a point that on the rebuilding side is not quite um, writhed out enough. You know, you got to really get into that because you don't have much time like this in the off season it doesn't exist everybody wants the same thing they want to get younger they want their team to look better right now everybody wants to compete and the push comes to shove because there's injuries 
you got to know where you're at on that teeter totter, right? Mm-hmm. It's going up or going down. And just like when you were uh, when you were a kid on the teeter totter, you knew if you got your little butt cheeks as far back as humanly possible, sometimes you could really launch the other kid. Send them flying. <laughs> yep. <Right>? Leverage. <laughs> leverage, leverage, man. Dynasty leverage. And you know if they're coming, they're uh, they're they're sitting on the ground. But if you slide back far enough, now we're gonna drop them. Yep. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna send them we're gonna send them skyward. So I do love that uh, the liquidity piece, and, and then factor it in with the leverage is just so huge. And knowing that you don't have to, right? I don't have to take your Kirk Cousins back. You need me to take your Kirk Cousins exactly, back. Exactly, bro. Now, I think some people do get carried away, right? We see those offers where you send them, and I'm like, this is, you You want me to send what? Yeah. <laughs> you want me to send a first-round pick and Kirk Cousins for Jared Goff? Like, come on, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sending maybe a first for Goff, period, right? Like, I'm not giving you Kirk Cousins free. I'm not just going to toss them in. Um, or you know, there's some people who go, uh, "Well, I'm gonna need your, uh, I'm gonna need your Jamar Chase then. And I'll let you, uh, I'll let you go down to Brandon Ayuk." It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to win that badly. This is one of the things too, where if you understand leverage from the other side as the buyer, which I'm gonna go out and have to shop in some of these leagues. I got a few Kirk Cousins or Matt Stafford's that I'm gonna need to try to replace or do my best. I understand that I don't have the leverage. But I also understand that there becomes a point where if you want to leverage it too much, I just walk away from the deal. And I go, all right, that's fine. I'm just going to eat this then. It is what it is. Now, one kind of underlying piece is you and I play in so many best ball leagues. The liquidity part also comes into play right here. But not just with draft picks or with assets. Your fab budget. Mm -hmm. Your fab budget right now, Adam... You can realistically get by in some of our best ball leagues that you did. Say you did have a, a Kirk Cousins or a Matt Sta- Stafford. Adam, if you built that fab budget up or you've been holding on to it or you've been getting, uh, you know, an extra 10 bucks in fab here and there when you made trades in the offseason, an extra 15 you can look at all the other contenders and see, like, do they really want a, a Tyson Badgett when he becomes available? Do they really want a P.J. Walker? I mean, it's best ball. I don't have to push the button on these guys, but just having guys who are starting quarterback for a week, sometimes I can sneak by if I have enough fab, right? I don't have to go shop Kirk Cousins or go to the bargain bin store if I can't get a deal done. Weekly, I just may be able to buy the flavor of the month, man. <laughs> maybe it's Jaron Hall this week as the Kirk Cousins replacement, or maybe mm-hmm. they go out and they sign Colt McCoy. But if I know I got extra fab to burn, I can strategically bid more than my competitors, right? Those people who are trying to block me. But the only way I can do it is if I'm that guy who's who's getting extra fab in those yep. best ball trades. Yep. If I'm the guy building up the bankroll to the point where, yeah, we can do this for the next four or five weeks if you want, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to consistently be able to outbid you and just keep going above and try to spot fill this quarterback spot in my in my best ball league without sacrificing too much yeah and at some think... point at some point like maybe the deal for Kirk Cousins moving off him or Matt Stafford doesn't get done this week Adam but what's that look like in two weeks right maybe there's another team who wants to rebuild maybe there's another team who goes my playoff hopes aren't really there now that leverage right that teeter-totter starts to switch just a little bit more it's like all right, maybe we're a little bit more even now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you've come around to the fact that maybe you'd like Kirk Cousins and you'd like to get off of uh, uh, Russ, Derek Carr, you know, or maybe uh, maybe you're a little bit more inclined to go, let me just get whatever the hell I can right now for Jimmy G. Let me yep. get whatever the hell I can for uh, Zach Wilson. Here, I'll give you this. 
other turd tight end and uh, and uh, <laughs> and one of these uh, crappier quarterbacks like Zach Wilson for your Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and I think um, you know the strategy of the Fab game in best ball is such a unique one. I think in lineup it is too, but in lineup, um, I kind of am a little more. Uh, I spend a little more like I'm on vacation per se. Right. Like I'm, you know, if there's a one thing that I really want, I'll just go ahead and unload a clip at any time because in lineup, I'm really looking to fill spots at certain times, you know, right. Best ball, like every single week, eh, maybe not quite every single week, a lot of weeks, there's a guy or two out there that I'm like, man, this guy is going to get enough work that he could end up sliding into a lineup somewhere for me. So it's a lot harder, but Mike, honestly, in a lot of these best balls, I almost this year especially like I, I basically turned off my acquisitions. Just nothing. Mm-mm. And the reason I did that is because now I've by default gave myself a better clip than everybody. You got the hammer. At least start higher. Now I can still go ahead and add more to that, right? I can still add more to that, but it's almost like fasting, man. Like you know, I just I didn't eat anything. But I have all this food now, so I can go ham on it whenever I want to. Where a lot of people, Mike, you know what you you, you can't do if you have. So let's say we have a thousand. Like we we have what a lot of five hundred thousand dollar budgets, right? If I have a thousand and I still have a thousand, and and let's say maybe you even added a couple really uh, good moves. Let's even say you got a win out of one, right? Now that's huge. That's massive. That's literally what you're doing with that, right? However, we're looking at a scenario now where let's say you have forty four four fifty and I have a thousand. I, c- I control what I want to get for the rest of the year, almost. Yeah. So that one win better help you get in the playoffs because I can strategically now use that money in the playoffs. You know how many times I've done that, too, when a, a prize quarterback or something comes available. You know, maybe Brock Purdy last year mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, yeah, this dude's starting for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have any other options. You know, they're down Jimmy G. Trey Lance is already gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's over. You look at it and you go, Oh, Brock Purdy, here we are. I don't remember what week it was, 11, 12. It was getting close to the playoff times where you go, well, I look at Brock Purdy and I go, all right, this uh, number two person, you know, I may be in first place. Number two person's got a $437. $438. I got 1000 <laughs> You know, or or you get real strategic too and you also look at the waiver wire priority, you know, because it's yeah. tie break by that. And you yep. go, well, I'm a higher waiver priority this guy. So I guess I got 437. <laughs> I just bid 437, right? <laughs> and then you come back the next week, and it may be somebody else. Maybe it's a hot new running back commodity, right, sitting on the market, or some wide receiver who's going to end up getting a starting role. Like if it was a, I don't know, let's throw a guy out there. Like any any waiver wire guys that you think of a wide receiver who kind of popped up. Pop Douglas. Maybe there you Pop go. Douglas. Pop Douglas is a good Pop one. Pop Douglas good was one. sitting yep. out there. I come back next week and it's the same thing. Now maybe the waiver wire priority switched, but I go, I can do it again. Back to back weeks, four thirty eight. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Yep, I got you two weeks in a row now. Now, now if, if that was you know the semis and championship week, all that extra money you had is going to burn a hole in your pocket literally because you can't. You have to buy something else with it. Right. Yeah. Th- then they're looking around and like the second day of waivers, you see them drop like thirty seven dollars, a hundred and ten, and they're yep. all worthless or more subpar players, and it's going. I'm going to get you next week, too. Yep. <laughs> Whoever that hot commodity is. It's exactly. <laughs> and I think that's a big piece. And um, 
to your point, if I was on the opposite side, the leverage piece where it's like, man, I'm getting out leveraged. Like they're, they're really trying to put me in a position that's going to one, maybe not guarantee that I win a title this year, but then two, it's going to, it's going to risk and sacrifice too much of my future value that it's not worth it. And you walk away. That's a tough place to be in, but that's what you do. You figure out, okay, man, it's best ball league. All right. Like what, what streaming options are out there? I'm, I guess I'm going to play the dynasty best ball version of streaming, which has become ever so popular and, you know, redraft one quarterback leagues. Right. Um, there's always, I think that's one of the things in dynasty to, to always keep in mind. You know, people like to have a very staunch, this is the way that, that it works. There are times where that's the case, but I think more often than not, there are alternate avenues. And I think that's the, the, the other thing to keep in mind is if you're getting to the point where you feel like this is not, this is well beyond palatable. This is not the trade I need to make on either side. It's okay to walk away. You don't have to make a deal this week because Kirk Cousins got hurt. You do need to fill Kirk Cousins void. Like you got to fill that void, but you don't have to necessarily make a trade today, tomorrow, before week nine that has that, you know, permanent fill for you for the rest of the year. The reality is too, Mike, we just talked about it. If you acquire somebody that's reasonable for Kirk Cousins right now, gosh, man, there's no guarantee they start the rest of the year. Even Carr and Gino, like I totally expect them to start the rest of the year. But if something tragic happened, if something, you know, the team ended up really falling out of playoff contention, by the time you make it to your dynasty playoffs, I wouldn't be completely shocked if somehow Jameis was in there, some other guy was in there. I'm just, the point I'm making here is that you're trying to fill a permanent void by getting rid of Kirk Cousins, and probably every move you're going to make isn't necessarily doing that anyway. So just be careful of what you're paying on top of it too. Uh, the one thing I find with uh, liquidity that I see people do so much of wrong, um, and it really comes to just market on players, is not selling when you're a rebuilder and thinking about your liquidity in the future, right? Talking mm -hmm. about 2024, 2025. Mm -hmm. And this is just because like people always think that it's going to go nothing but up. But you have to have yourself a realistic conversation about, like, am I close to the peak? Am I close to, like, what the cap is on this player? Like, realistically, if something really bad happens to him, what's it look like? What's the devastating? Now, for a lot of these contenders, you're you're also running that risk with Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford. Like, inherently, you're running Adam Thielen. You're running the risk with these kind of players in general. But you've accepted the risk, right? The payoff is they produce really well, and I win a championship. That's what mm -hmm. you're trying to do. On a rebuilder, though, yep. your goal has nothing to do with fantasy points, <laughs> like for this year. You should do nothing with it. You're not thinking about it. You're thinking about... How can I set myself up with enough assets, enough youth, enough fantasy points in the future years? And predicting fantasy points in 2025 is, you know, very hard, right? I give you like four players and we can look at them and go, well, I can see them being maybe top 12 at the position. I could also see where they're not even in the league. <laughs> right? They're gone. It's like in that phone call from Taken when he says he's going to find them. Good luck. Good luck. Right. You're going to pay right. Dude, you you had a hard time predicting 2023. You're going to predict 2025 fantasy points. You don't even know who's playing where. So I get this with, uh, like I'm going to go back to the Brock Purdy well, right? This is something I was talking to people in the offseason, like leading up to it. Once we established Trey Lance got traded and Brock Purdy and 
this is going to be their team. Yep. And I'm telling people in certain leagues, I'm going, man, if I got them in a start nine lineup, right, I just take the liquidity, <clears throat> right? I just take the uh, take the first round pick in certain league formats. Just take it and move on, and then see if you can buy that somewhere else because his ceiling and what he's going to give you is probably not difference maker level. It's not like I would rather take the risk to involve myself in something else. Now, people on Rebuilders also held on to Brock Purdy instead of moving him because they look at him and they go, well, he's a young quarterback on a good offense, yada, yada, yada. I believe in him. I'm not getting rid of him, right? Right, and for the first couple weeks of the season, you saw that little graph on Keep Trade Cut just keep climbing and climbing and climbing, right? And people are going, oh, look at that. Look at that, Mike. He's up to QB 10. He's up to QB 11, right? He's going. He's moving up. And then you see three bad weeks of performances in a row, and all of a sudden now the dip is coming. And if you go to try to sell Brock Purdy right now, everybody's watched those last three games. Everybody looks at him, and he's not that sexy market, right? You want to sell on the upswing. You want to sell on the climb. And even if you don't think it's the absolute peak, selling close to the peak is the right play more times than not. Like, it's going to be, if you missed out, Brock Purdy continued to be QB 11, QB 10, whatever. Would you have missed out on maybe an extra second round pick? Possibly. But you got out at the first. Because right now trying to sell him at a first to get that liquidity for the future is damn near impossible. <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of Brock Purdy buyers out there. Now maybe the Kirk Cousins guy, <laughs> you sure. can sell him on the hope. <laughs> because that, that Kirk Cousins downswing has been way more steep than Brock Purdy's. But that's just kind of the point. And then we see it with, I've seen it in best ball leagues with people holding on to Kyron Williams you know, holding on to the running backs, which have inherent risk built in because they play the running back position. And if you're not a, you're not a Brees Hall, a Jonathan Taylor, you know, you're not one of these level of young elite stud running backs. If you suffer a devastating injury, downhill. J.K. Dobbins at the beginning of the year is a perfect one. J.K. Dobbins never did enough in his career to have that insulation, right? He, he's far enough along in age, far enough along in his contract. And far enough along in what we've seen from him on the field with injury history, what's J.K. Dobbins worth right now? Like, if you can get a third, props to you. <laughs> Congratulations. <For sure. laughs> like, I tried to throw him in on deals on the teams. I couldn't move him at him, and people are like, I got no interest. Pass. I'm good, yeah. The Dobbins experience is over. It's it's done with. But if you, you were going into this season as a rebuilder thinking, man, just wait till that J.K. Dobbins, you know, plays the first couple games and his value rises even a little bit more i'll squeeze that extra second round or that extra third round pick out of him now you're left holding the bag with nothing so just something to think about with the leverage and liquidity game especially in rebuilders like you have these assets that aren't safe that aren't justin jefferson you know aren't one of these elite quarterbacks aren't uh one of these running backs that's just yeah, I don't like to hold them anyways in rebuild, but if you're gonna hold a running back in rebuild, it better be a Bijan, it better be a Gibbs, it better be a Brees Hall, like it better be one of these types of running backs. But if you have any of these assets where I go, realistically, can I look if the most devastating injury that I could think of, right? An Achilles for a running back, you know, a torn ACL for just about any player, knocks him out for the entire season. We don't get a chance to see him on the field really producing what's the worst case downfall for their dynasty value and if you tell me they're going to drop 10 15 spots in their positional rankings on keep trade cut that's how the market's going to react to them right sell them yep sell them on that upswing get that liquidity for the future so 
when this inevitably does happen to your dynasty roster, inevitably happens to your team when you're trying to compete, you're that guy going, man, you remember two years ago when I sold Brock Purdy for a first and then I took that first and I moved it into this and I moved off my Kyron Williams and I moved off all this stuff. And now here we are in 2025 and I'm the guy who's got, you know, or 2024 and I'm the guy who's ready to compete. I just had a brutal injury to one of my star wide receivers or one of my star quarterbacks, but I got four second round picks. I got, you know, six third round picks. I can piece this together for the rest of the year. I can really find a way to make this team work. If you're one of those teams where you're in that position and you don't have that liquidity laying around, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you're screwed. Like you got to hope that you make the right play and man, Zach Wilson's going to turn it around in the second half of the season. You know, he's going to be a he's going to be a top 15 quarterback for the rest of the year. You got to hope that that thing comes to fruition when you inevitably trade your Kirk Cousins for a Zach Wilson straight up. Like you have to hope that you have that level of foresight or knowledge which I'm telling you if that's what you're banking on, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that in a nutshell, though, is the uh, the game on the rebuilder side is um, evaluating risk, evaluating things that can go up. It's it's very much a stock market game. Evaluating what can go up, what can go down, where it hits, what's the peak, what's the valley, um, and buying and playing in those markets. And I think there's a lot of times where you know you you can always look back at the trades you make in hindsight, 2020, and say, oh, I should have done this. But if you play that game, you're not operating in the present. And the present is always, I think, making the process move, which is more often than not, to your point, if I'm going to sell Brock Purdy right now at a peak, let's say five weeks ago, what's this? what more can he really gain in value? And if I sell now, what what is my opportunity cost by selling now versus, man, if it goes south, what kind of a, what kind of a drop am I looking at here? And I think a lot of times you, we end up, or it's easy, I should say, to you know, kind of count what you think you have in your pockets already is solidified and say, what am I going to miss out on as opposed to the opposite, the inverse. Man, you're counting your pockets right now. You ever seen that stock market go red some days? <laughs> you're counting like that. That green you know, line that you've been watching for a month is just staying there now for forever. What what's the downside to some of these assets? And when you get better at evaluating that and trading just in process what is looking closer to the peak on player X and player Y and player Z. That 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 I think is the big edge you're talking about here with the the, the liquidity and um the rebuilder game. And that it's it's a very fun one, but there's risk. There's big time risk if you think you're just always going to moonshot every stuff because you there's a lot of downswings to almost everybody in dynasty so that's going to do it this week for episode 10 i can't bound but next week i'm incredibly excited adam and i are going to be joined by one campus to canton's own brandon sanders let's go we're, we're going to be talking about a topic that i think is going to really benefit just about anybody and we'll see if we can't uh, discuss it through a lens of strategy but it's finding those diamonds in the roughs right those cooper cups and how playing college football and understanding college football and their schemes can lead you to finding the Cooper Cups, finding the Deontay Johnsons, not only in your C2C leagues, which would pay off massively, but your dynasty leagues, right? Think about those guys spending a third-round pick on them. But knowing that, hey, they came from this scheme, 
this is a scheme that kind of works. I understand what the NFL scheme is going to be that they're going to go into. And can this guy actually produce and be that diamond in the rough? So seeing if we can spot these guys ahead of time. And if you can, talk about a massive advantage. <laughs> massive advantage in your rookie drafts, in your C2C league. So Brandon Sanders will be joining us next week. Incredibly excited to bring that to y'all. Yep. But that's it for uh, for Canton Bound episode 10. We hit, we hit double digits. Double digits, Austin, man. Austin hadn't canceled us yet. I was I waiting thought, for that rope to come out, man. It's over. Man, I thought I thought last week was going to be it. <laughs> I thought we should have set our. I thought we off. were going to get canceled on air, like you know. Eventually, <laughs> it's just like, all right, this is clearly the point where we uh we end it, and uh, we just don't show up next week. That's over. Well, it's been a good run. <laughs> oh, we appreciate everybody tapping in. Make sure you're using that promo code South Harmon for ten percent off your first purchase there at CampusCan.com. Get all those incredible tools, all those incredible rankings, which help Adam and I specifically so much in everything that we do. I'm Great very reliant on them. Very reliant. Tap in and let us know what you think about the show. If you uh, if you listen on Spotify or Apple, I know Apple for sure. You can uh, drop us a rating, leave a review, uh, just reach out. Find us on Twitter too at Iowa Michael for me at ATM for D Chess for Adam. That'll do it for us. We're out of here. Peace. Peace.